Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Abroad View. Just a small disclaimer that this episode was recorded a few weeks ago, so the figures have changed. At this point now, the number of coronavirus cases in the UK has risen to 456, and six people have died in hospital. And on that note, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Abroad View, the current affairs news podcast that takes the week's top news story and adds an international twist. Each episode will be joined by a surprise guest to give us their country's unique perspective on the UK's news. This week, we are joined by Christina Dicu from Romania. Hello, Christina, and thank you very much for coming on my podcast. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. Um, my first question I want to ask you is, what is your relationship to Romania and how are you in the UK now? Uh, okay, so I was born and raised in Romania, so I'm a national, and um, after graduating uh, my bachelor's degree, I wanted to do a master's somewhere else, and uh, well, of course, it, it's about language proficiency as well, so I thought, oh, I know English, so I'm going to go to the UK, yeah. And is this the first year you've lived in, in the UK? Yeah, literally, I moved here in September, and that's it. What would you say are... Uh, the biggest differences between the UK and Romania? Okay, well, people here are so, so polite. But at the same time, I feel like back home, people would just tell stuff in your face when they want to. Whereas here, it's much more subtle. Maybe people repress things sometimes. Ah, okay, that's interesting. Kind of the English stiff stiff upper lip. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Um... Taking this as a news podcast, can you tell us what what is the media landscape like in Romania? So um, usually people uh, what get their news from like mainstream broadcast outlets like Pro TV and Antena One, which are um, used to be state run, but now they're privately run. So yeah. So do they? So it's a lot of people watch the news on TV, yeah. and in terms of like newspapers. Do people read newspapers as much in Romania as in the UK? Mm, not actual print newspapers. So no one, you, you don't see people reading newspapers on the tube like here, which is a shame, really. But they do read uh, news online. Do do print newspapers exist? I mean, obviously it exists, but in is that still like a valid form of journalism in Romania? Not really. It's kind of going extinct, <laughs> sadly, yeah. Because obviously I say as much in the UK, but we say print media is kind of like going downhill. So we have, let's say, I don't know, The Guardian, which was originally a print newspaper and still is, but it's kind of transferred online. Is it the same sort of thing? Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly the same. And we also have smaller media outlets that are not in, in print at all. They're only online. So everything is transitioning into that. And in terms of like internet access, do would you say the majority of Romanians have access to the internet? Oh, definitely. Some of them might not have a, a working fridge, but they have internet. So it's oh really so it's <laughs> really? Just, oh my goodness. So you kind of still have sections of poverty, but like a mobile phone yeah. uh, is like vital. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so the news story we've chosen this week is the coronavirus because it is dominating the UK media. And kind of just as a roundup, it is now referred to as COVID-19 and it is spread across 37 countries and affecting 8,000 people and it has killed 750 so far. And today we had actually the first uh, UK national who's died who was on board a ship in Japan. Um, Obviously this in the UK has been so like widely reported. I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of like 
on an exponential increase and people getting so concerned about it. When I was reading this morning, I was reading all these newspapers and they were talking about maybe closing schools, etc. And yeah. I was feeling like I'm sniffling and I was like getting kind of paranoid about the whole situation. Mm. What's happening in the R- Romanian media about it? Is it covered as much as in the UK? Oh, definitely. I uh, opened up a mainstream media website and it all the headlines were about the coronavirus, all of them. Like the first five headlines were about this and people are hysterical. And there was this this thing the other day, journalists actually went to supermarkets and they emptied the shelves so they could film empty shelves and pretend that people are going crazy and buying every sanitizer they can find. So they're uh, actually implementing a lot of panic. I actually saw a article, I don't know where it was from, I think it was from a Romanian media outlet that was writing in English. Yeah. And it was saying, everyone's in a state of panic. And it was showing photos yeah. of like these empty like shelves saying, you know, food, alcohol is being like bought en masse. And now you're saying that, in fact, it was journalists kind of manipulating yeah. the truth. Yeah, they were staging this. Well, I hope not all media outlets, but some of them were staging this just to create this sense of panic and stuff. And in one of the villages, I can't remember the name now, but they're planning to build like a quarantine center for people who might suffer from the coronavirus. And literally the villagers got out of their houses with pitchforks and torches and started protesting, like, why are you building this here? Blah, blah, blah. And they're being very aggressive to people of Asian ethnicity. In London, there has been like a lot of marginal racism. Obviously, yeah. we have Chinatown, which is a massive Chinese community, and people have just kind of taken the fact that it came from Wuhan and in- inferred that it meant that everyone who was Chinese had the coronavirus, which is so just inaccurate. But is there a massive Chinese population in Romania at all? Uh, no, no, not really. So there's almost there's almost no reason to have that anyway. No reason at, at, at all, but people are still panicking. Like the other day, there was this football match, and on the way back, supporters um, were on the tube, and they dragged a Chinese national out of the tube and said, go back to your country, you're infecting us. Like, that's how bad it is at the moment. Th- that I mean, that's just completely crazy to have that level of racism. I mean, I know that there is always a stereotype that in kind of Eastern European countries there is undercurrent of racism already. Yeah. Do you think that plays on that? Or do you think it is just solely because of the coronavirus that there? I think it's not only because of the coronavirus. I think it's kind of a low-key racism in general, but it kind of gets out of proportion when something happens like the coronavirus. But it's always there. So you've had in Romania, I think, the one case of coronavirus so yeah. far. And what is like what is the government's reaction to this? They're kind of offering like standard guidelines, like uh, if you you if you've traveled from like northern Italy or China or countries that have been affected, please uh, stay indoors, call the doctor or the GP if you feel like you have some symptoms, and be sensible towards others and don't go outside. But yeah, so kind of just that classic procedure i think very much we've had that in the uk of kind of what to do apparently the best place to like sneeze is in your armpit yeah i heard that which is very strange because i kind of i don't know i feel that just doesn't help i think wherever you sneeze it's going to be somewhat infectious but i feel like the most natural thing to do is to sneeze in your palm yeah actually you should sneeze right here like in your elbow yeah yeah very very strange 
obviously in the UK we have I think one specialist hospital that is taking every every single coronavirus case which is in London does Romania have the infrastructure and medical facilities to deal with the coronavirus oh no we definitely don't so if the coronavirus gets out of control in Romania we definitely won't know what to do do you think the government is going to have to be so much more like strict on traveling into Romania and out of Romania yeah definitely so uh, if Romania gets as bad as Italy at the moment it might have to be put on lockdown because we really don't have the facilities to treat people with coronavirus so I thought as much that Romania is less you know economically affluent as the UK but you don't really think about it until something like this happens when it has the potential to kind of have such a more devastating impact on the country than it does in the UK. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, population-wise, it's not as big of a country as the UK. So naturally, we don't have as many hospitals or doctors, but still, we're not doing good in that area. In terms of the British media, when they're speaking about it, there was kind of, uh, I would say, the more right-wing newspapers were kind of maybe pushing a more, let's say, catastrophic outcome to coronavirus. And obviously there's been a lot of speculation of the emergency policy by the government potentially closing schools for two months, yeah. et cetera, and like putting, putting plans forward if that was going to happen. And as I was saying, the right-wing media have kind of pushed that and saying, you know, if something happens, it could be five million deaths if everyone in the UK became infected by the coronavirus. Is there a sort of similar perspective in like Romanian media that kind of like heightened anxiety oh yeah they're kind of saying like if this happens it's going to be the end of the world <laughs> so yeah they're they're very very um, hysterical about it to be honest and uh, yeah I do understand it and I do as I was saying this morning I was almost a victim to this kind of scaremongering that was going on uh, going back to Romanian media How much do they care about what is happening in the UK? They have followed Brexit very closely because Romanians are the second largest non-British nationality in the UK after uh, the Polish nationals. So we, when I say we, I mean (laughs) the Romanian government has been very interested in what's happening here and how we can protect our nationals here and whether their work rights would be protected or not and what's next. So So that's quite a big interest. In terms... Of let's say okay, the UK is of because of the amount of Romanians living in the UK is of interest. But where else does the Romanian media look at? Do they look at Eastern Europe? Do they look at Russia? Where where do the stories come from? Well, in terms of top stories, mm. whatever is going on around the world will be reported in Romania as well. But apart from that, they kind of focus on countries where the Romanian population is uh, high, like Italy or the UK or Spain. Just out of curiosity, what is their relationship with the countries surrounding Romania? It's not really reported. I mean, with Bulgaria and Serbia and Ukraine, there's not really much going on about that in our media, so I don't really know. And with Hungary, we've always been kind of in a conflict because of Transylvania. I don't know if you're... Uh, okay, explain explain to us what's going on with Transylvania, if you can, in the most simplistic terms. In the most simplistic 
terms, uh, Hungary thinks Transylvania should be a part of Hungary. Like we were there first, but obviously we think it's part of our country and we keep it as ours. So this like this battle over Transylvania. So. And this has been going on for a long while. For a long while. And actually, the Hungarians that are living in Transylvania, some of them refuse to speak Romanian, even though they know it, but they don't want to speak it. Last week, I was actually talking to a girl from Armenia, and we were discussing the area between Armenia and Azerbaijan, Nagorno-Karabakh, yeah. and it's very much a similar, yeah. similar situation. I studied Eastern European history, so I have an idea of what's going on there, but it is... Never reported in the UK press. Never. Never. I I don't think I've ever, ever seen it come up. Unless I go to like a very specific Eastern European media outlet that focuses on that. But otherwise, I've never really heard of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally interested, but I think it's still interesting to see that there are conflicts over land in Europe that people just don't know about. Well, it, it is pretty local, to be fair. I mean, there's nothing happening right now that is worth reporting overseas. So, is yeah. there no is there no conflict going on? Is it just kind of a more of an ethnic d- divide? Yeah, it's more of an ethnic divide. And like um, sometimes things do happen. Like there's this uh, I don't know event like a football match when people do get into fights and stuff. Well, over this, but other than that, there's no actual thing going on right now. Prior to this, I was having a kind of read about Romania's history and like what's happened in the last 50 years. Yeah. And it's kind of been very tur- turbulent going from communism. You had a, quite a aggressive uprising in 1989. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And now looking at Romanian politics at the moment, can you explain to us what is going on in terms of your kind of political stagnation? Uh, okay, so um, after the fall of the communist regime, nothing changed. And uh, I think that things might change, but it might take a long while because at the moment, the party leaders um, are the very same people that were in the communist party as well. So when the communist regime kind of fell apart, they formed a new party, but there were still the same people. So kind of their policies remained the same. So they're very, very left wing, so to say. So your president at the moment, I'm going to try and pronounce this, is Klaus? Klaus Johannes. He's yeah, of German yes. ancestry. Okay, so yeah. that's not even a Roma- Romanian name. Yeah, no. <laughs> and where, where are his political leanings at the moment? Is he to the left? Uh, he is very... Um, not very right wing, but he is right wing, and the government is left. That is the left wing. wing. Okay, yeah. so this is where like the political stagnation is yeah. taking place. And where is are there going to be elections to try and resolve this? Well, actually, kind of to to uh, kind of rephrase what I said, the the government was left wing, but it was dissolved a few months ago. So now they're both right wing. So sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> And where is like where is that situation leaving the country? Are things happening? Are they now kind of on the path of let's say more right wing politics? Uh, not really, because uh, what's happening right now is that people from left wing parties are kind of turning over to the right wing parties, and wh- whatever party is in power, people would just jump from one party to another so they could have more money. Because I don't know if you're aware, but Romania is very, very corrupt. So whatever funds we get from the European Union, the politicians just like take those funds to their own interests. Okay, that sounds 
almost unimaginable <laughs> in terms of UK politics. Whenever we have a MP scandal with finances, yeah. I mean, they aren't. So actually, no, sometimes they're extreme. Sometimes people want to like build swimming pools and expand it, but it's never that bad. Do people in Romania just have a lack of trust in the political system? Oh, definitely. And every day there's a new case that is exposed. Like the other day, there was uh, this mayor of a little town in Romania uh, that spent uh, around 20,000 euros on 100 loaves of bread. So so that's how he expended it. And is yeah, that... That's how he said he, he spent, spent it. it. Yeah. Very interesting. And obviously was not borrowing infinite amounts of bread. Yeah. And what happens? Is there a system where an MP or... How, how would you refer to MPs? Uh, ministers. Okay. So yeah. if a minister, a mayor has been corrupt, what is... Do they still stem power? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like... They have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say a journalist uncovers this yeah. and the next step, everyone knows about it and they just continue on with their job. Yeah, they continue on with their job. Most of the time they try and deny the allegations and they're like, this is not true. This is not true. Uh, some of them do resign, but some of them just go about their usual day and job. So they don't care. Is there a sense of going, even going into Romanian politics, do you need to come from a certain background to even get into get oh, into it, it, yeah, you need to know people from the party or to sponsor the the party to get into it. So either you know someone or you have a lot of financial potential, and they kind of get you into the party. So it's just a constantly vicious circle yeah. of the same sort of people carrying on. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there is there any hope for Romanian politics from here, or do you just see it kind of folding over and repeating like this at the moment? I think there is no hope, really. I feel like it's constantly just going into the same vicious circle. And even my parents said, like, they were a part of uh, of the 1989 uprising. And they said that in the past 30 years, nothing has changed. And they feel like they fought in vain, really. In that uprising, a lot of, was there a lot of people killed in this uprising? Yeah. So it's quite a bloody uprising, something in the UK we haven't seen for a very long time. So that's a really depressing thought to think that this uprising, which a lot of Eastern European countries had similar things, I mean, less less aggressive, like in the Czech Republic, the Velvet yep. Revolution, etc. But that they people have got into the streets, protested, risked their lives, and it's just, in the end, not it's, done much. Yeah, it, it was all for nothing, sadly. And you see these parents of children that have died in the uprising that um, are invited to interviews on, on TV and, and they're like, I lost my son and it was all for nothing. Nothing has changed there. I don't see any any bright future ahead. In terms of, let's say, in Ukraine, they've got a lot of younger people coming out wanting to uh, fight against corruption and have a more egalitarian system is that something that could happen in Romania uh, I don't think so because uh, most of the younger people uh, as soon as they uh, finish high school they go to study abroad or as soon as they finish university they're like well there's nothing for me to do here so I'm just gonna go abroad and work or do a master's or something so the country is just suffering from a serious brain drain yeah in terms of everyone who has any form of qualifications it's exactly. going to want to leave the country. Yeah. Leading on from that, 
Obviously, there's a lot of Romanians living in the UK. But what is the reaction to the UK leaving the EU? Because obviously, if they're going to um, implement this points-based system, yeah. it's going to be very difficult for people without qualifications in lower manual skill work to come to the UK. Is there a reaction to that in Romania? Yeah, I would say that the people who are low-skilled or unskilled felt quite, uh, I don't know if offended is the right word, but mm. they felt quite marginalized. Like we've been here for years working as uh, chefs and waitresses and, and construction works and stuff. And now they just want to, what, kick us out or call us low-skilled? Because it's kind of demeaning if you think of it. Oh, it is. It's so demeaning. And it's, all, you know, it's almost saying that there are these jobs that don't require academic qualifications are less of a necessity. Yeah. And you have, you know, healthcare workers who are in hospitals every day who are classified as low skilled. It's yeah. it's a very it's a very difficult and it is an offensive way of referring to people. Yeah. And in terms of obviously building, you know, there's a lot of Romanians who work in construction here in jobs that work very hard doing it and I know a lot of construction companies are concerned that if they don't have these workers, what, what's going to happen? The English people are not going to want to do the job. Exactly. And actually, I've, I've heard here that um, I'm not really sure if um, the foreign secretary said that. Like, if she said that, oh, the Europeans that are already living here are going to fill the gap. Is that who was that? Was that? Pretty Fidel, uh, uh, the Home Secretary, she said that's an interesting. So she thought that the Europeans who are already living in the UK will take these jobs. Yeah. And that would be. That will fill the shortage. I would say that's quite a short sighted comment to make. I, I know, especially since, uh, okay, if you already have a shortage right now and you don't want uh, more unskilled workers, who is going to fill the gap? the workers that are already already here, but we don't have any. So who is going to do it? I think there's a slight undercurrent in certain communities of the UK to have a slight racist reflection of Eastern European workers. And I mean, before the podcast, you mentioned that you were trying to like lose your accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, can you explain that? Why, why do you think there's so much, probably a, a negative um, connotation I was talking to an Italian colleague of mine about my country and stuff, and he said, no offense, but whenever Italians hear about your country, we just think about prostitutes. Unfortunately, we kind of get, um, like when you think of Romanians and Eastern Europeans in general, people think of drug dealers, prostitutes, um, thieves, muggers, beggars, and things like that. So I was kind of trying to... Uh, have my accent phase out so I wouldn't be associated with that. I mean, I get what they're saying in the sense that in the UK we do have those stereotypes as well, but it's just so unbelievable that they do exist because a lot of Eastern Europeans come to the country in higher education, in university. Yeah. So there's, there is that kind of balance between people who do come in low school and maybe people who are prostitutes or are academic. There is the whole spectrum of, you know, Eastern Europeans coming to the UK. So it's so strange that that is like, we've kind of pinpointed that. Yeah, but people in the news, they usually tend to portray the the bad thing about something. Like yeah. that sells. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's all we've got time for today. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I hope I was useful. You were very <laughs> useful. I learned a lot. And I will, from now on, not refer to a Romanian as a prostitute. Not that I ever did, ever before. But thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of A Broad View. I hope I haven't passed on my coronavirus anxiety. Stay tuned for next week's episode when we'll have another surprise guest. Thank you and goodbye.